when I was a kid, I wanted to be a rapper. Um, and now I'm a startup founder. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. Before we get into today's conversation, I wanted to remind you about a couple cool developments for the podcast. First of all, we have a clubhouse room called How Do You Do Pod Live, where I'll be moderating panel discussions every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. This week's panel on Tuesday, April 27th is called Holistic Health and Nutrition for Better Days Ahead. And I have an all-star panel lined up. I'm really excited for Tuesday night's conversation. So make sure to join us on Clubhouse. And also, I want to let you know about the group chat we have going on Bunches. Bunches is this awesome app that we'll learn all about from the founder, Tomer Ben-David, in this episode right here. But basically, the gist is it's a group chat where there are different communities on it. And so we created a group chat for How Do You Do Podcast. And I'm going to include the link in the show notes. You can download the app on the App Store or if you go to bunches.app. So make sure to check out our group chat for how do you do podcast on bunches. It'll be a fun spot where we can talk about things that resonated from episodes, highlights, and cool things that you found helpful in your creative process or maybe observed in someone else's. And it'll be a place where we can kind of support each other in our creative endeavors. I'm really excited for it. So Clubhouse and our bunches group chat, keep an eye out for both of those. Join us. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. My guest today is Tomer Ben-David. Tomer is an entrepreneur and startup founder who has worked on apps spanning from fintech to crypto to social media. Tomer grew up in Chicago before attending college at NYU Gallatin. After his freshman year, Tomer dropped out to start his first company, Exec, a personal finance company that set out to help millennials spend better and was acquired in 2019. Tomer is now building Bunches, an app for creators to easily start paid group chats about anything. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Tomer. Thank you, Ben. It's great to be here. I'm happy to have you on because I recently started using Bunches. And I think the the thought I had before I started using it that has since completely gone away is when, when my girlfriend Maddie first told me about it, I was like, okay, this is cool. How, you know, why do we need another messaging app? What, how, you know, we already have Slack. We have GroupMe, at regular SMS text. What, what I was, I'm curious, like, what did you see in the space that you thought, Hey, no, 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 there, there's a niche for us here that we can help address. For sure. Um, so, you know, I've been kind of working on marketing and digital marketing for, for a couple of years now. And, um, you know, I had a lot of friends who, you know, we would do business with and we would kind of, you know, hire for Instagram campaigns and influencer campaigns, um, and realize that there was kind of a bubble happening. So what was happening with a lot of these, you know, creators or influencers as, as they used to be called, um, is brands would pay the money and they would advertise to their audiences. And that would be the way that these people would basically monetize their careers, monetize their lifestyles. Um, and, you know, as more and more people became creators, we started seeing that they were actually becoming less and less successful at driving behaviors, right? And the reason why that is, is because one of the theories that we have at Bunches is that as kind of the internet, you know, as we get deeper into the internet, 
more and more people are going to start creating. So when that happens, you know, the click-through rates go down because there's more people who are advertising different products. And we realized that there was a massive opportunity to actually help creators monetize community in the truest fashion, right? It's not about you making me buy a t-shirt or a hat for $5, um, you know, and the business funding you. It's about how do you actually get your 1,000 true fans? How do you actually get your 100 true fans to be involved with you in a community setting? So that was kind of part one. The second part was about our thesis around internet friends. We believe that the world is moving to a place and we've seen this you know, in dating um, in the past five years. And I think we're going to also start seeing this in, in socializing. We're moving to a place where people are looking to meet new friends on the internet. We become really comfortable with using the internet to impact our real lives. Um, and we haven't really seen it impact social in a meaningful way, right? And that was kind of where we saw the opportunity. It was not only are we going to help creators build communities, monetize communities, right, and empower creativity, but at the same time, we're also going to allow people to meet other people who are interested in what they're into. And so those kind of two things are really what inspire us on a day-to-day -day basis. It's about how do we empower creativity and how do we empower friendships and relationships, right? And if we nail both, I think bunches can be a massive success. Hmm, yeah, I've definitely seen that just from the month or two I've started using bunches is the ability to join a community often led by a pretty unique, compelling creator that's leading the conversation. So for example, you know, there are all kinds of different bunches, whether it's a book club, you know, like a female book club, like the one Maddie is leading or, you know, people who are interested in natural wine and cooking, whatever it is. I think that's it's really interesting. And to hear the to hear the term internet friends is so is so funny yet so real because i know of so many people who i'll ask them well how do you know this other person they're like oh we talk on twitter i i met them on twitter and now we're good friends so it's funny to see how that's that's kind of manifested and and become a big thing you know you you came into bunches having had the experience of exec granted that was a completely different field but i'm curious how having had experience building an app and actually having it acquired, how did that inform your process with building bunches? For sure. Um, so for all the, the people out there building apps, it's, it's pretty challenging. Um, the business itself requires a lot of patience, right? I think um, the end users, right? Like we expect things to work. We expect products, you know, to work, notifications to work, things to feel a specific way. Um, and we don't often consider how challenging it is to really get products to a place where they're up to par on a consumer level. Um, so I think just kind of learning that at the last company was a massive, you know, learning and something that we hold on to to this day is right. Being patient, understanding that product development really takes time. Um, and that's challenging in a world where everything is so fast, right? In a world where these other companies that you're looking at are scaling at lightning speed, um, you have to really keep a cool head and stay focused and, and kind of focus on the mission and, and get there at, at your pace. Um, so that's one of the big learnings. The other learning is, you know, building a team is one of the most challenging parts when it comes to, to tech companies. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that I'm working on this company with the team that I was working on at the last company. So we get to learn everybody's kind of, you know, quirks, everybody's work methodologies. Um, and that makes things a lot easier um, as you're kind of going for that second product, that second app. Um, and the third thing is just kind of understanding how user growth works, right? Like everything when you're building tech products for the first time is a new experience, right? There's no handbook for this. There's no boss telling you what you're doing. There's no one really kind of showing you the way because what you're doing in and of itself is so novel, right? And so, you know, those three learnings kind of help keep us going. And um, 
And it's definitely easier on the second time around for sure. Yeah, you mentioned that you have a couple of co-founders who you've previously worked with. I'm always fascinated by the dynamic among co-founders. And I'm curious, how do you think the three of you complement each other? What do you think are the unique elements that, that kind of mix together in a cool way? For sure. So our CEO um, is, you know, was a lead engineer at LinkedIn, um, highly technical, brilliant product thinker. Um, and I get to learn a lot from him. So, so that makes our relationship really amazing, right? It's, it's really nice when the people that you work with, you respect a whole lot and you guys get to teach each other things. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the relationship that we have. Um, you know, our other co-founder, Elijah, um, also, you know, a, a technical kind of guy. Um, so I kind of lead marketing and product and, you know, I'm more kind of on the mixture of like, how do we get this thing to grow and make the product feel really good? Um, they're more on the side of like, how do we get this thing to operate and function properly? Um, and so there's a good symbiosis there. Um, but the relationship is an interesting one, right? I think people liken it to siblings. Um, you're not quite friends. You're not quite just business partners. You've seen some shit together. Um, that kind of is a rare and unique experience that you have with, with your co-founders. Um, so, you know, it, it's really like teammates. I think siblings is an apt analogy as well, right? Sometimes you fight, sometimes you laugh, but at the end of the day, you're part of the same team. You're part of the same goal, same mission. Um, and it's just a super unique relationship. I think uh, anybody who has worked with business partners for a long period of time can kind of attest to that. I want to go back to something you mentioned about how just the challenges that go into building an app and definitely having co-founders you're familiar with and I've worked with seems, seems very helpful though. The challenges I imagine are still the same. You just might feel more confident in taking them on for somebody who's new to this, who might be interested in building an app of their own. I'd love to hear from your perspective as someone who's gone through it now and is, and is doing it a second time. What are kind of the, a to Z steps, broadly speaking, generally speaking, and bringing an app to market. And we can, we can focus on bunches because um, yeah. that's what you're doing now. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think bunches was, was an easier product to bring to market because of the fact that our team was already assembled. Um, the concept was, was pretty fully baked, I think, when we went to pitch it. We didn't yet have a prototype, but we kind of knew a market we were tackling. And I think the timing was right for us, right? I think that, um, you know, Consumer social is in this renaissance right now. Everybody's trying to build these next gen platforms because, you know, I think TikTok does an amazing job of kind of new levels of engagement. But I think anybody who's really an avid social media user can tell you that, you know, Facebook is way past its prime in a certain sense. And even Instagram is starting to kind of, I don't know if get boring or get saturated is the right term, but I think a lot of that initial magic is no longer there. And so, you know, you have a lot of creative people thinking about, okay, what does the next iteration of social really look like? Um, so for us, it, it was as simple as, you know, we had the team already, let's get a deck going and let's start kind of, you know, sending it around, getting investors excited about what we're trying to build um, and lock down funding. And I think that's really the most challenging part for new builders um, is that it's not only about being able to build an app and being able to make amazing designs and right, express your creativity, but there's a selling element also that I think a lot of people are challenged by, um, which is how do we get people to invest in this company, right? How do we make it so that this isn't just, um, you know, kind of a pet project, but you know, how do you turn an, an idea into a business? Um, and that's kind of the constant, you know, tug and pull um, as you're trying to build tech startups is, you're building, you're building, you're building, you're selling, you're selling, you're selling, and you're kind of running that process again and again. 
Um, and so that's why people say that the highs and lows of startup life are very drastic, right? Um, it's definitely not for the faint of heart, but it's doable, right? Like I think, uh, you know, something we think about a lot is if other people can do it, so can you. Um, and I tell that to a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs who are considering starting their own app or their own business. Um, doesn't make it easy, but but it's definitely doable. I'm sure you've seen ideas pitched before and you might have been surprised that they got funding. And conversely, you may have seen ideas that you might have thought were brilliant and they somehow struggled to get funding. I'm curious what you have found successful when it comes to pitching yourself, getting getting your own projects funded. You know, it's one of these things where so much of it is about storytelling and so much of it is about timing, right? Um, you know, in tech companies, my business partner is the one who really does the pitches. Um, you know, I obviously assist in the storytelling and kind of, you know, assets that we're sending out, et cetera. But, you know, with bunches, like I said, we got lucky because we struck lightning, right? The, the, one of the partners at Andreessen Horowitz calls it product zeitgeist fit, which means that your product is solving what the current zeitgeist is in, in the, the tech sphere, in the world, right? You're tapping into like an idea or a concept that a lot of people are thinking about and you're solving for that problem. Now, what we find is that ideas that fall into that actually get funded a lot easier um, than ideas that are out there or random, right? It doesn't make them better or worse, um, but you know, it definitely helps to kind of do a temperature check on the market, understand what people are thinking about and talking about and if your idea falls into that, that's great. Um, oftentimes it means that you'll have an easier time fundraising, not always. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of a big part of it is just understanding where the market is and how much it desires what you're trying to build. Um, and if not, it's about finding that market, right? If you have this really obscure idea, there are investors out there who are interested in what you are tackling. Um, you just have to figure out how to find those people. And that becomes a challenge. I want to switch gears from the business to a little bit more of the creative for a moment, because as I was preparing to speak with you, I was going through your Twitter and I noticed you pointed out a couple traditional icons that Bunches put its own design flair on, including the dollar sign and the at symbol. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because that doesn't seem like anything that I might have stopped to, <laughs> to experiment with. Yet, I remember when I was first typing in bunches, I noticed this is, this is kind of cool, but it's a little different from what I've seen before. How do, you, how do you approach, how do you decide, hey, this is something that maybe we can experiment with, or maybe let's leave that alone. Our time is better focused on something else. Yeah, of course. So bunches is a chat application for multiple reasons. We believe in text as a protocol, not text as an end-all be-all, right? And so when you look at products like Clubhouse, um, that's an audio product, right? That audio is the protocol of Clubhouse. There's not really much you're doing that's not audio driven. Um, with Bunches, we actually believe that text is the structure for a bunch of other features that we'll be introducing down the road, whether that's audio or video rooms, event planning, et cetera, right? There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, but when you start thinking about that, initially we had to prove a few things, right? One is we can build a group chat application that works, that functions, um, right? Because we're building all of the technology from scratch, um, we believe that over the long term, we want to own the technology. We don't want to kind of use APIs for the key part of bunches, which is chatting. Um, so when you think about things in that way, you start kind of picking and choosing what's actually relevant, right? Yeah, we can do really cool stuff with text because that's kind of a fun little flair on our initial concept, right? Um, we can ensure that users can get on the app and join bunches, et cetera. And those are kind of the first table stakes things when it comes to building out the technology of the product. Um, I think that 
over time, you know, you're using bunches now, the design is very minimal. And that's, that's by design, right? We kind of wanted to prove out simple things on the product at this point. Um, over time, we're going to start adding a lot more of that flair to the elements and branding a lot more of the elements. Um, but the initial concept was really about, let's prove out text as a protocol, let's prove out group chats, let's prove out discoverability. After we've proven those things out, I think we can take a much you know, deeper focus on how do we design it for growth? And that's a very different kind of uh, exercise than designing it for usability initially. Yeah, and along the lines of figuring out what to reinvent and what to offer to consumers now versus later, you know, I, I find it interesting when companies reinvent a be, like the term for a behavior. So for example, likes versus favorites or whatever, however companies decide to note that. I'm very curious, bunches, I think that, you know, I'm, I'd love to know how you stumbled upon that name because I think it lends really nicely, obviously, to the other things you're doing. So you call a group chat a bunch um, versus a, just a group chat. Uh, so these, these are all cool things that I really enjoy learning about. So if you could speak a little bit to kind of the naming convention and how you decided to build out from bunches. Yeah, of course. So uh, my business partner, Derek, um, was working on bunches initially um, as, a, as a pet project. And he kind of hit me up. He was like, hey, I have this thing, you know, check it out, bunches.app. And um, that actually comes from wine, um, right? Wine is grown in bunches of grapes. Um, and so that's the concept, right? If you look at the brand, it kind of like resembles grapes as well. Um, you know, earlier on in Bunches' kind of career when COVID hit, we all went to Napa Valley and kind of built out the V1 um, all together out there. So there's there's just a lot of kind of ties to, you know, Napa, wine, this idea of Bunches and community, or uh, Bunches as representations of community, right? Um, and so that's kind of where the name came from. I think uh, once we kind of had the Bunches.app domain, it was locked down. Um, you know, a lot of kind of startup founders were like obsessed with domains. Like we just want a clean domain if we can get it. Um, so we're still trying to work on the bunches.com one. Uh, if you have any leads, feel free to send them all away. <laughs> but, um, but that's kind of where the name came from. Um, and we just ran with it. I mean, we're all, you know, big winos and, uh, and it all kind of made sense, you know, in the context of what we were trying to build. I love that the sense of community that is being fostered on the bunches app among users also seems to be true of the founders with you guys coming together. To, in Napa to you know figure this out that sounds that sounds really fun it sounds a lot more glamorous than uh than other startup stories I've heard I I know there are challenges I know I know it's not all fun and games but that is a cool that is a cool story to have with your co-founders oh for sure um you know it, it just all kind of adds to the the larger narrative for sure yeah yeah so now that you it's still a little early in bunches but I think it's fair to ask have you seen any strategies that you have found works very well for community building, maybe not just necessarily on bunches, although I'd love to know specific to the app, but in general, um, what have you seen creators doing that's worked pretty well and maybe any misconceptions you found along the way? I think with all consumer products, um, you have to tap into intentionality, right? I think it's very hard to create intentionality with a product, right? Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, if a community wants to come together, if the community needs a place to talk, they're going to come together and it's going to function beautifully, right? If the creator has people in their community that they're already, you know, building with, it's going to be much easier. Now, that's not to say that you can't build a community from scratch, right? I think we've seen on the app already that, you know, there's bunches that have started with five users that have grown to 300 users. Um, and that's been amazing to see as well. 
Um, so, you know, there's kind of two sides to that coin. But if you look at kind of the best communities, um, what we found is that the more obscure and the more rare they are, I think the more active the users are, right? So if we look at Maddie's bunch, for example, you know, book club, I mean, that bunch is incredibly active because it's so kind of niche and specific. Um, and so it becomes that bunches is the only place where users can kind of come and find that sense of community, um, right? And I think at scale, that's kind of the, the idea for bunches as a whole, right? Um, is how do we make obscure communities less obscure to people who are interested in them? And right now on the internet, we're seeing that in forums, we're seeing that on Reddit, we're seeing that in various places, but how do we build the next generation of that kind of you know experience? Um, and I think there's a lot of room for that. Hmm, interesting. And have there been any big surprises along the way in terms of, oh, that community, like that's interesting. I did not expect that feature to be heavily utilized or that was a suggestion for a feature we would not have anticipated in the beginning. For sure. So, you know, we built in follow the follow mechanism pretty early on and, you know, we kind of built it in. We're like, let's just see what people are going to do with it. And we kind of forgot about it for a month or two. And we started seeing, you know, a little bit later that like hundreds of people had tapped that follow button. Hundreds of people had been starting to try to build individual relationships based on the topical groups. Right. So then we were like, this is really interesting. Right. Initially, we thought everybody's going to come because they want to talk to the creator because they want to kind of be a part of this community. But what we realized is it goes back to this Internet friends idea. Right. That like not only are people trying to be a part of communities and, you know, one of many, but they also want one to one and they want to be able to use bunches in a way where it's a true network. Right. It's not just one to 100 people. Right. It's not just Maddie talking to her 150 bunch members. Right. Yeah. What's actually most interesting is that everybody's talking to each other. Um, and so, you know, that was not necessarily a surprise, but um, but it was just kind of an amazing, um, you know, proof of concept for us and really kind of told us like, wow, there's something here around making this more than just, you know, a group chat application, but a really like a place for people to find connection um, in a group setting and an individual setting. And, and so that was really awesome. The bunches that I'm a part of are free, at least at the moment. I know I know one of the main appeals of bunches is the ability for a creator to essentially put a paywall up and and get money for their engagement basically how how does that work just briefly if you could explain the process and are are there I'm, I'm just I haven't used uh, any bunches that do have it so if you could walk me through what it looks like for somebody who is about to join one where it does cost money what does that look like sure so on bunches there's three tabs there is your message list, which is the bunches you're a part of. There is Discover, which allows you to find new bunches, and then there's your profile. In Discover, um, some bunches right now are free and some bunches are paid. They're already live. And a user will tap on the Discover profile of a paid bunch. They'll tap subscribe. They'll just basically do an IAP, an in-app purchase, um, and they get put into the community, right? And they can choose for how long they want to be a part of that community. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot more interesting stuff coming down the pipeline around payment, around tipping, around how kind of that whole ecosystem works. Um, but that, that's kind of it, right? We've built bunches to be hyper simple. Um, we don't believe in overcomplicating things and we believe in kind of allowing users um, to drive, you know, the product roadmap and to kind of let us know what they want, right? And a lot of times those are how the best consumer products are built is a team will have a theory or a thesis and they'll put it out there. Um, and then, you know, users will start using it and that, that you know, thesis is a living document. It starts to change and it starts to, Kind of morph into something new and i think that's really exciting and is to be expected actually i think this is the most for me the most fascinating part of bunches when i look at the broader tech landscape so when i see journalists leaving vox or the new york times to start their own Substack, and 
it, it actually turns out to be way more lucrative for many of them. Okay. Not not for everyone, but I think it's really interesting. We're seeing that. I know Clubhouse recently announced the ability to contribute directly to a creator you're a fan of. So it's really interesting to see all the ways an individual can now get paid for some of the content and engagement that they had been doing maybe for free or for less than what they can get otherwise. So I, I think this is a really cool space. Do you have any broader, I guess, I, when I asked Jordan Benafshea, our friend for predictions, he hit me with amazing, crazy things that I wouldn't have ever thought of. If you have any bold predictions that you want to put out, yeah. now's the time before we get to rapid fire. Sure. Um, you know, I kind of have uh, a couple ideas on where the future of social is going. I think that we are moving into a future of closed communities um, and asynchronous social. I think that, you know, there was a renaissance for synchronous products during COVID um, because they were giving people what they needed, which is, you know, moments of engagement, moments of comfort um, that were so lacking. I think as the world comes back to normal, we're going to start moving back into a place, hopefully, where our phones, you know, aren't constantly glued to our faces um, and we can utilize technology when we need to in its appropriate time and fashion. Um, so that's kind of one theory of mine is that I think social is actually going to be asynchronous. I hope social actually ends up being asynchronous. Um, I'm not a fan of like, we're all going to like be in VR headsets and like ignore reality. <laughs> like, you know, some people are, it's just not, not how I think things are going to play out. Um, and when I say that, I think the future of social is default closed. I mean that I think social needs to be opt-in. I think that, you know, we've had Twitter, we've had Instagram where these are default open feeds, right? You're posting for the whole world to see. And, you know, with the success of close friends as a feature, um, and I think kind of the downfall or the down usage of a lot of these products, it's because we've become too big for our own good. We're posting to 800 people we don't know, right? There's constant insecurity that comes with that. And I think people are now craving intimacy. People are craving smaller circles of people, um, you know, and people are craving being able to build true community um, and build trust. I think there's a lot of stuff happening, you know, in, in the world in general where um, we become more polarized and that makes it harder to share in an open fashion. I think that, you know, it reduces trust among users of different platforms. Um, and so I think we're definitely going to see the world move into more of a community-based model, more of a closed model rather than a default open model when it comes to social sharing. Um, and most importantly, I think that the age of broadcasting is kind of coming to an end and nuance is going to be a lot more important in these next generation social products, right? I think Clubhouse does a great job at that. I think Bunches does a great job of that, right? It allows people to talk about things, not just announce things. Um, yeah. And I think that that's going to be a big transition and the best products are going to actually kind of adopt that philosophy as well. In this point about talking about things versus announcing, can you give me an example of a platform where it's mostly just announcing? I mean, let's, let's think about Twitter, right? You post yeah. something... And then immediately people are going to tell you why you're an idiot. And then they're going to like, everyone's <laughs> going to just like right. announce their opinion. And there's no uh, assumption of good intent because of its default yeah. open nature, right? Anybody can sure. come comment on what you said, have no understanding of what you meant or who you yeah. are or why you're saying what you're saying. Um, and that's really not enjoyable, I think, for anybody. Um, and so I think that's kind of an announcement platform. Everyone's yelling at each other, but they're not talking yeah. to each other. They're not conversing with each other. Um, and, you know, I think that's an example of one of them. Whereas I think Clubhouse, you see these interactions that are a lot more about, you know, conversations, rooms that are about topics, um, and people assuming at least better intent of one another. I think it's much harder to kind of, you know, yell at someone like with your voice rather than just like write something mean on the internet. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think those are kind of a couple assumptions that we have. 
that along with the internet friends theory, I think that more and more we're going to be meeting friends online. I think internet dating was the last five years and that proved to be amazing. And you know, a lot of couples were forged on that. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of new friendships now that are being built on shared interests online. Does that mean that we're going to see a version of Bumble BFF on bunches? I mean, in a certain sense, Bumble BFF, I think, was ahead of its time, right? Um, and and that's not to say that, you know, for Bumble BFF on bunches is really us finally kind of unlocking DMs, which has been one of the most requested features. Um, <laughs> so you'll be able to meet some BFF soon on bunches. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what we're most excited about is building real relationships, both among creators and their followers and members, but also among people who are just parts of communities, right? We're all parts of communities and bunches is where you'll be able to find new ones um, as well. And so that, that's kind of the vision we're excited about. Cool, man. I'm excited to be, I feel like I'm on the ground floor of something exciting. So thank you. I wish you and your founders all the best. And we'll wind down now with a few rapid fire questions. Cool. Firstly, what's an app that you can't live without not including bunches or exec man an app that i can't live without um and we'll say nothing that came with your phone so not like messages or camera something that I you like, downloaded um, that you can can't it be a without. can it be a, a desktop app as well sure yeah um so on desktop i like magnets a lot um basically it allows you like move your screens around with your keyboard um that's when i feel like i like really became like a tech person like i'm just like constantly like shifting stuff around with my my fingers and <laughs> and that's been like amazing and really high productive tool um on my phone i like the app things a lot um it's basically like a to-do list but designed really simply and you know i think that the simplest products are the hardest to design like a good to-do list app is actually way harder to design than something that's complicated um and i've tried them all so i think things comes pretty close um, so yeah, I would say things and magnets. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. I have to try things cause I am a slave to my reminders app, but I just don't love it. I don't love, like you're saying, I don't think it's optimized in the way that you, uh, seem to enjoy things. Yeah, I still have notifications like five years ago on my reminders. Yeah. Like I it just won't, it won't give up. Um, so yeah, check out things. I like it a lot. Awesome. And then if you could wake up tomorrow, having gained one skill or ability, what would it be? Man, I think endless optimism, just being able to always be optimistic. I think that, you know, us as people, we have a tendency to, you know, sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. And I think just, you know, why? I think at the end of the day, what's going to happen is going to happen. We might as well enjoy the ride, right? And be optimistic. Um, so that's definitely something that, you know, I'm working on. And um, I think as part of any entrepreneurship journey, any creator journey, I mean, you know, I'm sure with the podcast, you know, there's some days where you're like, oh man, like, you know, maybe it's, things aren't going as well as you want, but I think being able to be optimistic, um, optimistic as a practice, I think is, is a great, you know, skill to learn and hone. Yeah. The comedian, director, writer, Judd Apatow said something a while back that I heard that really has stuck with me. He said, there's no point in worrying about something because if it happens, you're going to worry about it then. So there's no point worrying about it twice. Exactly. I thought that was a really funny, efficient way to, to look at it. Um, so that's another roundabout way to get to optimism. Exactly. I like that a lot. Where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit? I really want to go to the south of Italy. Um, you know, I'm like seeing all these like influencer posts of like all these amazing places. And like, you know, I think once the world opens up, I'm going to hope to make my way over there. Um, yeah, I think that's probably probably up there for me. Awesome. Yeah, I've been to Positano and that was uh, one of the most incredible places I've been. So yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely endorse. Unbelievable. <laughs> it looks unbelievable. 
And uh, lastly, we, we ask our guests to uh, share a song that they're jamming to right now because we have a Spotify playlist with everyone's recommendation. So if there's one song that you're jamming to right now that you want to contribute to the HDYD Jam Spotify playlist, what would it be? Yeah, uh, Never Lost by Amtrak. All right, perfect. Um, that's an amazing song. Uh, it's a it's a bop. It's a vibe. Amazing. And where can people follow you, check out your work, plug everything that you want to plug? Cool. So, you know, check out Bunches. We're on the App Store. Um, Bunches-Start-Something is the, is, the, is the product. Hop in, say hey. Um, you know, we're excited to have you guys come and join us. Um, find me at Twitter at Tome Bendo. Um, I'm kind of like an in-and-out Twitter user, so you'll maybe catch me in like a season of heavy usage. Maybe not. Um, but I lurk, so I'm around. Um, yeah, on Instagram, I'm at Tome Bendo as well. And, uh, you know, most importantly, find us at Bunches.Chat. Um, happy to talk to any entrepreneurs, founders, app builders, any creators, really. Um, you know, always, always happy to chat. Um, yeah, Ben, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the conversation. Likewise. Thank you. And if anyone's listening, curious about the pod, you can check us out on Instagram at HDYD pod. Hey man, I'm excited for people to listen to this, especially tech people, entrepreneurs. This is the one for them. This is exciting. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it, man. I hope you found value in today's conversation. If you still haven't left your review for How Do You Do Podcast, I'm going to walk you through the process right now, and it only takes 10 seconds. First, look at your phone screen and click where it says, How Do You Do Podcast, which is in purple. And if you're not seeing this, then you're probably listening to this on a different app. So I want you to click on where it says, Listen on Apple Podcasts, and then you'll see the purple link. Click that. Then you'll just scroll past all the previous episodes to where it says, Ratings and Reviews, and all you need to do is tap the star on the far right and you've left a five-star rating. I thank you in advance for taking the 10 seconds to do that. And I really, truly appreciate you listening to this episode. Thanks for sharing it with your friends and followers. And I'll see you back here next week.